Welcome to Passion Life Church. Today, we're going to continue this amazing series that we're calling The Spirit-Led Life. Because I think if we're honest, all of us are being driven by something. All of us in our lives, our lives are actually headed in the direction. We're, at, we're headed uh, in a, a direction, right? How many of you know your life is going uh, somewhere, right? Come on, can I hear a good amen today? Your life is headed in the direction. But depending Depending on what we're allowing to influence our lives, right? Some people are living the emotionally led life. Their feelings are driving them, right? And then other people can be living the problem-driven life. Problems, circumstances are driving their lives. What about this one? I think this one's a common one. Some people are living the revenge-led life. Man, I just want to get revenge on the people that hurt me. And here's the reality, and here's what happens when we do that. When we're led by the wrong influences, we can end up at the wrong place. And for some of us, we begin to end up in a dead end. Some people get stuck. But here's the great news. Are you ready? As a child of God, you and I have the advantage because in Romans chapter eight, verse 14, it says this, for as many as are led by what? Oh no. And it's on the screen and everything. All right, here we're going to go. We're going to try this again. All right, I love you. I'm going to give you grace and mercy. Are you ready? I know the people online, you got it. It's the people here that just didn't get it. For as many as are led by what? Oh, there you go. But you got to get it next time on the first time. Right? I love you. For as many as led by what? They are the sons of God. So we as the children of God have an advantage. What is that advantage? That we can be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to John chapter 16, verse 12. And I'm going to ask the sound guys, if you would turn me down just a little bit, please. I'd really, really appreciate it. John chapter 16, verse 12. And I want to talk today about how we see the Holy Spirit. Jesus is going to define the Holy Spirit. Last week, we talked about him being our comforter. But look what Jesus is saying. Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he's, he's ascending to heaven. He's already died. He's, rose, he's risen from the dead. And so he's getting ready, and he's given kind of his last words. In John chapter 16, verse 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. That is amazing. So Jesus is saying, not only is he the comforter, but now he's telling us another name for the Holy Spirit. And that is, he is the spirit of truth. And we're going to dive into this a little bit in the next coming week. But my church family, you and I have an advantage as children of God. God can show you things to come. How many of you believe that? He can show us things to come. He can show you what car to buy that's not going to break down on you. He can show you who to marry that's not going to divorce you. 
He can show you what house to buy that there's nothing going on in the house that you didn't know because he can show you things to come. He is the spirit of truth. And here's what he's going to do. He's going to lead us into all truth. Verse 14, he will glorify me. Remember what we've been saying? What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit's job is to glorify Jesus. Jesus said, I do only what the father tells me to do. And now he's telling us, here's what the spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to do. He is going to glorify me, Jesus says, he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and he will declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now, Jesus is saying, here is the Holy Spirit. And one of his identities or one, could you guys just turn me down, please, again? I'm sorry, I'm hearing feedback on the, I'd, I'd appreciate it just, if you could just turn me down. Here's one of the things that the Holy Spirit, his name or his identity is the spirit of truth. Everybody say truth. The spirit of truth. Now, here's what we need to understand. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've never really heard a message like this, but I think it's going to help us. Do you know that God only works in your life on the basis of truth? Why is that important? Because he's the spirit of truth. And here's what he's gonna do. He's going to lead you to all truth. Can I hear a good amen? So here's what I'm gonna do next week. Next week, I'm gonna talk about hearing God's voice. Next week, I'm gonna talk about him leading us to truth. But today, what I want to do, I felt like I needed to stop right here in this series and talk about what happens when we deny truth. What happens when we say no to the Holy Spirit? Because the reality of it is, is the spirit of truth is going to lead you to truth. So today, I've entitled today, Deception is Dangerous. I want to say that again. Deception is dangerous. Turn to your neighbor just real quick and tell them the title of my message. Say, Deception is Dangerous. You know, in elementary school, we used to play this game. It was called Truth or. Okay, maybe you guys, I don't know where you guys are at today, but maybe you didn't play this game. It's called Truth. Thank you. My son said it. Truth or what? Dare. Dare. Truth or dare. And here was the premise. Anybody play that game? Okay. Let me ask you, anybody awake this morning? Come on. Let me see your hands. Okay. Some people still aren't raising their hands. If they didn't raise their hand, just go like this, just a little bit, just like that. Just say, Hey, come on, come on. Now's not the time to rest in the Lord. Now's the time to receive the Lord. All right. And receive what he's saying. Listen. So we played this game. It was called truth or dare. And here was the premise. When we were all around with our friends, they would ask you a question. And maybe it was usually a question about something that they wanted to know. And it was something maybe personal, like maybe something like this. Hey, Phil, do you like Maria? Right? And here's, here's, here's the options. You have to either say the truth or you have to, they're going to give you a dare. Now, here's the reality about the dare. You don't know what the dare is. So they could make up anything. And so there's, there's a, a, a battle going on on the inside of, hey, listen, should I reveal it and not say it, right? Or should I reveal it and let it go? Or should I conceal it and hide it? And here's the question, what's more painful? To be truthful and say that I like Maria because she's standing right here because she may reject me? Or do I just say no and take on a dare that may be more 
painful. Have you ever played that game? It's tough. But here's the reality. As we talk about God, right, working in our lives and he works in our lives in the basis of truth, sometimes it's hard to really admit where we're at in our lives and what's really going on in our life. So here God wants to move in our lives. We know that we want change. We know we want to grow. And so here's what God says. I want truth. David said, God wants truth on the inner part. And you know what? Sometimes what we do with God, we say, no, God, not truth. I want the dare. I'll take dare, God, because truth is a little bit too hard to admit. And so we battle, just kind of like in that game, we battle. We say, you know, man, I don't know if if I should just come to, to the truth. And so we say dare, but here's what I mean by saying dare. You know what? I would rather live with the consequences of not revealing, right, the truth or coming to terms with the truth. I'll just take the consequence. So God, here we go, just dare. I'm not gonna be truthful. And then you know what happens in our lives? God doesn't work in our lives and the spirit of truth and the Holy Spirit can't bring change, can't bring healing into our lives. My church family, God won't heal what you won't reveal. If we'll reveal it, God will heal it. If you're watching online, write that in the chat. If I will reveal it, God will heal it. And here's what you need to know about God. I know we don't talk about this a lot, but God doesn't just speak truth because truth is good. God speaks truth because he is truth and he is true. That comes from him. Jesus said in John 14, six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but by me. Think about this. You can't even come to the father unless you acknowledge truth. Remember the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. What is that? We confess our sins. It's an acknowledgement. I need help. I need a savior. What is that? That's truth. That's coming to the place of truth. Now, here's what I did is I looked up this word truth when the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I found some definitions in the Greek language because the New Testament is written in the Greek language. And I think it's really gonna help us understand what God is trying to do. But here's what truth means in the Greek. It means whatever is true under any matter of consideration, right? Today we have a debate. Is there anything, you know, is there, any, is there a such thing as absolute truth? There's no such thing as absolute truth. People are being taught in some of our colleges. Okay, if there's no such thing as absolute truth, then does that mean the law of gravity isn't true? But I would beg to differ. You would probably want to believe that the law of gravity is true before you go to Paris and you book a flight to jump out of the plane. Because whether you believe it or whether you believe it or not, the, <laughs> the law of gravity is true. But because I believe it, I'm going to strap a parachute to my back before I jump out of that plane. And here's the reality. The law of gravity, right, is true whether it's in Marietta, California or it's in uh, Melbourne, Australia. That is true under any consideration. But here's another definition. Truth means genuine, upright. But I love this definition. Truth, this is the root word of the word truth. Are you ready? It means nothing hidden, nothing concealed. Write that in the chat today. Nothing hidden, nothing concealed. And you know what? I believe this is the kind of relationship we really want with people. Nothing hidden, 
nothing concealed. And guess what, my church family? If you were to have a relationship with someone where there's nothing concealed, nothing hidden, guess what? You would have a relationship that is transparent. And watch this. You would have a relationship that is intimate. Intimacy is into me see. My church family, it's impossible to have intimacy with somebody who's hiding. It's the same with God. Oh, I'm hiding this. I'm hiding this hurt. I don't want to admit that I need healing. I don't want to admit that I need a miracle. But my church family, you know, when we see somebody who's genuine and upright, here's what we'll say. We'll say, they're sincere. That's one of the things, the biggest compliments that I've gotten on some of my messages is people say, you know, Phil, we come to Passion Life Church because we feel like your messages are straight from the heart. We feel like they are sincere. They are. I'll share my faults with you. I'm going to share one with you today. <laughs> I'm not sure if you want to hear it, but I'm going to share it with you. But here's the reality. Sincere is a word. It comes from the Latin word that means without wax. In Roman times, early Roman times, when they would make statues, what they would do, they'd make them out of marble or out of a stone. If the, the person, the sculptor was making the, the statue, if he made a mistake, or the statue had blemishes on it, you know what would happen is if there was a crack, they would take wax and they would put the wax into the statue, but they would cover it. So you thought you were buying something that was authentic. You thought you were buying something that was real, but in reality, you were buying something that had a crack in it and it could you destroy the whole, the whole statue. So when we say somebody is sincere, here's what we're saying. They're without wax. They are who they say they are, right? And so God God says, look, I'm going to move in your life. I will. But here's the reality. I'm going to move on the basis of your honesty and your truth. And oftentimes we say, you know what, God? Mm -mm, That's a little too hard for me to admit. I'm going to pick dare. No, dare, right? And here's the reality. When we say, God, I don't know if I can be truthful about this. I'm going to conceal it. I'm not going to reveal it. You cannot hide anything from God anyway. Can I hear a good amen? This is what's interesting. And I want to help some people today because ready? This is what people will say. He already knows. Why doesn't he help me? Because you're hiding it, but you're not really hiding it. He sees it. But until you reveal it, he won't heal it because that's not the way God works. God just doesn't come right into your heart and rip things out. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do it at all. But what he does is he waits for us to say, God, I need you. God, I need to be healed. God, I'm hurting. God, I need a miracle. That's honesty. That's for you coming to a place of truth. But when we pick dare my, instead of truth, and we say, you know what, God, no, not truth. I'm going to pick dare. Here's what happens to my church family. A lot of times we don't realize how dangerous deception is. And I want to talk about what deception is. That's when you believe a lie. And let me tell you the little lie that I'm going to talk about today. The lie that it's better to conceal my hurts, to conceal what's going on, than reveal what's going on. We believe that lie. We believe a lot of times that we can better handle what's going on in our life than God handling And so what happens in that? Because next week I'm going to talk about how he leads us into truth. And it's amazing. But for some of us, we put the brakes on that. And when we put the brakes on it, here's what happens. uh, Deception can be very dangerous. And so here's four ways that uh, deception can hurt our lives. Are you ready? Here's the first one. If you're taking notes, deception causes detours. 
deception will always create a detour in your life. You know, when I was a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor for almost 20 years of my life, working with young people was awesome. I was a part of a leadership team that we were being mentored by one of America's top youth leaders. And uh, I was flying out to a conference. And so it was amazing. I've been to this conference before. As soon as we get to the airport, it's amazing. They have all their interns there to pick us up. They take us for food. It's just so awesome. So I was flying from El Paso, Texas, all the way to Atlanta, uh, uh, Georgia. And so when I, when I got to Atlanta, Georgia, I was so happy. It was an all day flight and I was tired and I was just looking forward to seeing some of these interns. I got there. There's no interns. I got there, nobody from this conference is there. I don't see any of my friends. And I'm like, what's going on? And so I texted the director and there, she's my friend. And I said, hey, I'm here for the conference. And it took a little bit <laughs> for her to get back. And she got back and she said, well, the conference is next week. The conference, what? Come again? The conference is not this week. The conference is next week. And I went to the website And the reality of it was, she was right. And so I had believed, because of what I saw, I didn't look at it correctly, but I believed the conference was that week. And my church family, because I believed the wrong dates, it got me on a flight, and I had to spend a week in Atlanta, right? Because it was cheaper to stay there than actually pay a a flight back. So I had to spend a week in Atlanta at a hotel. I don't know why I thought this. I don't know why I did this, but I didn't take my wallet. I only had cash on me and I only had my, uh, my driver's license. So I didn't have any credit cards or anything. So I just had enough cash for that week. And so thank God I had enough for a hotel. So I stayed in a hotel. I barely had enough for food, but guess what? My church family, when I got back home, I had to tell my pastors, I went the wrong week and I had to go back the next week. My whole life was on a detour for two weeks because I believed the wrong thing. And this is what deception will do. It will always, my church family, it will always cause a detour. See, when we're deceived about who we are, when we believe the wrong thing, and if I believe the wrong thing about who I am, here's what happens. Because a lot of us, I believe, we, many of us define our identity by our past. But how many of you know God doesn't consult your history to give you a destiny? Can I hear a good amen? And so, but if I'm deceived about who I am, if I'm deceived about what my gifts are and what I'm called to do, then guess what happens? I'll start to pursue the wrong paths. I'll start to link up and hold on to the wrong people, right? And chase the wrong purposes in my life. Now, detours don't mean that you're never going to arrive to the right destination. What detours do is they waste your time. Can I hear a good amen? And I don't know about you, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have any more time to waste. I don't have time to waste. And I think that's why the Holy Spirit is giving us a prophetic push in our life to say, hey, you got to start moving forward. You can't be wasting any more time. Yes, my church family, do I believe that God redeems the time? Absolutely. But why are we going to put ourselves through all of those things by believing a lie? Now, you can get back on the right destination, but are you ready? Here's how you do it. You can get back on the right destination, but it's only to the extent that you begin to acknowledge and act on truth. Truth. Yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause for that. 
And here's what God knows. God knows that when you, right? God knows that when, when you do the right thing, right? And at the right time, the right results can happen in our lives. And I'm just praying, believing, because I believe that there are some of you today that you just feel like your life is on a detour. And I would just encourage you, go back to the place where you said, God, instead of acknowledging truth, I said dare. And I didn't really realize now how my life is on a detour. Here's the second way that deception can hurt us. Deception creates distractions. Woo-hoo, right? And here's what happens when we're distracted. When we're distracted, this will cause you to be preoccupied with that which is not purposeful, but I like to say it this way, that which is parasitic. In other words, distractions always drain your life and drain your energy. Why? Because you're putting your life and your energy into focusing on the wrong thing. And so this is why, even for me, my church family, regarding people, I only trust people to the degree that they're transparent because I don't have time for distractions. You may want to play games. I don't have time to play games. And so this is a good rule of thumb with relationships. I only trust people to the point that they're transparent with me because you know what? I have given trust way too early. See, we give forgiveness immediately, but we give trust gradually. I forgive everybody, but I don't trust everybody equally. Why? Because a lot of people don't reveal stuff. And I'm not saying that we need to reveal everything and we just need to leave everything like some people do on Facebook. Come on, I call it complaint book. I mean, they just go on and they just leave everything. It's like, hold on. You don't even know who's reading this. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about in our relationship with God and with me, when there's questions that need to be answered, are you honest? And here's the reality. I don't even care if you're wrong. As long as you're honest, I'm fine with it. We have people, yeah, it's true. We have people on our team and on our technical team, they make mistakes, that's fine. But here's the reality, all of us are gonna make mistakes. But the question is, are you gonna own your mistake? Because if you don't own your mistake, then we've got a problem. Then there's a deeper problem than you just making a mistake. There could be lying, there could be deception. And guess what happens? That always sets us on a detour and it distracts our life. You know what's interesting is I've been pretty focused lately. I, I, I think that, that that's one thing I say, I've been pretty focused on, you know, I've written a new book and uh, somebody was asking me about that and the promotion and all that. I said, you know, that's, all that stuff is great, but my first priority is Passion Life Church. I've been very, very focused on that. But here's what I know. You know what? Being that I'm focused, if the enemy can't destroy me, here's what he's gonna have to try to do. He's gonna try to distract me. I wanna say that again. The enemy can't destroy you, but here's what he's gonna do. He's going to try to distract you. And so when he can't destroy you, he wants to distract you. Listen, remember the, the, uh, the story of Peter walking on the water? We all know that, that story. The devil could not stop Peter from getting out on the boat and walking in faith and walking on the water. Remember, he said, Jesus, is that you? All the disciples are in the boat and they see this ghost-like figure and they're scared. And, and then Peter says, is that you? Tell me to come. And Jesus speaks one word, come Peter. And what does he do? He gets out of the boat. The devil could not stop Peter's faith from getting out of the boat. So guess what he did? If he couldn't stop him from getting out of the boat, here's what he did. He distracted him with the wind. 
He distracted him with the wind. And my church family, when Peter believed that the wind was stronger than God's word, he began to sink. I want to say that again. Because Peter didn't walk on the water. Peter walked on the word of God. When Jesus says, come, that's all we need, my church family, is we need one word from God. And you can walk on that word. And when Peter heard, come, he says, I'm getting out of the boat. And he started walking on the water. And the Bible says that there was a storm anyway. So he was walking over the storm because that's what water walkers do. When you are walking on the word of God, you will walk over any storm that comes your way. Come on. Can I hear a good amen today? I'm preaching better than you're responding. Amen. That's the truth, Pastor Phil. And he had one word from God until he became distracted with the wind. And listen, before Peter drowned, he became distracted. Before he drowned, he was looking at the wind. And so here's what happens. We waste our assets on things that are secondary, and then we only have energy left for what's primary because we get distracted. And distractions will always drain your energy. Is this helping somebody today? It's amazing. It's some simple things, but it's amazing what will happen if we get the right priorities in our life. You'll have more energy. You have more strength for the things. And my priorities always align with God's purposes. If it's not God's purposes, I don't want it in my life. Because I'll be distracted, I'll be detoured, and I'll be drained of energy, drained of strength. Here's another thing, and another way that deception hurts us. Number three, deception creates delusion. Everybody say delusion. So what happens is when deception creates delusion, it causes some people to overestimate or underestimate the severity of a certain situation. So what will happen is, so what, what can become so detrimental to us is not the situation itself, but the interpretation of the situation. Now, listen, I am not picking on Peter today at all because Peter makes mistakes that we all make, but I think we can learn from Peter. Can I hear a good amen? Again, Peter And the disciples are in the boat and they're in a storm. Jesus had just purchased his first my pillow. Come on, somebody, right? And he's asleep, the Bible says, on his pillow. And he's asleep and there's a storm. Peter looks at the storm and he gets all frazzled, right? And he goes over and he wakes Jesus up. But I want you to listen to what Peter says. He says, Jesus, wake up. Don't you care about us? Don't you care that we're perishing? Jesus, who had provided for them, who'd called them to follow them, who had their only, only really in mind for them was their destiny, their purpose, everything who he was. In a moment, there's a storm and already Peter's doubting and he's saying, hey, don't you care about us? And notice what Jesus does. He gets up. What does he say? He says, peace, be still. And he calms the storm. But then he looks at Peter and what does he say to Peter? He says, hey, Peter, oh, ye of little faith. Where's your faith at, Peter? Where's your faith at, Peter? Now listen, Jesus had to intervene because Peter assumed that storm had more power than it did. So Jesus intervened because here's what Peter did. He overestimated the power of the storm and he underestimated the power of the presence of Jesus in that boat. 
He underestimated the power of the prince of peace who was in his boat. Come on, somebody. But what he did, this is when the delusion sets in. Oh, look at the storm. It's powerful. Oh, Peter, look who's in your boat. It's the son of the living God. Come on. And he's more powerful than that storm because it was his words that created the water. It was his words that created the heavens. And so when he spoke that word, immediately the storm had to become peaceful. My church family, that storm couldn't have destroyed them because Peter was in the boat. I mean, because Jesus was in the boat. Is Jesus in the boat of your life? And I wonder what you're overestimating and underestimating in our lives. Here's the reality. It's what Peter believed. Peter put his faith in the wrong thing the bigness of the waves instead of the bigness of his God. Come on, somebody. Now, Jesus wasn't saying that the storm isn't going to cause you to be afraid. No, we're going to all feel feelings of fear. But Jesus was saying, my presence in the boat will give you fear that will go give you, give you peace that will go beyond your fear. There's fear all around us, even today. And my church family, here's my question. Are we overestimating the power of COVID-19 and underestimating the power of God? Just a little question. Are we putting all of our faith in the power of the coronavirus instead of putting our faith in the power of Jesus Christ? Because When the Holy Spirit moves in our lives, he's going to move in the basis of truth. And here's where we get delusion is when we put our faith in the wrong things. Here's number four and the last one for today. Are you learning something today? Deception is destructive. This is where it all comes down to. Detours, distraction, right? Delusion. But here's the end. Here's the end result right? Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. They were the rulers, right, of the law at that time. And they thought and they assumed that they walked in truth. Now, how do I know and how do we know that they weren't actually walking in truth? Because the Bible says that when Jesus, right, the law was given through Moses, but grace and peace came, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So here is Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life talking to the religious rulers and they wouldn't listen to him. So the truth they were walking in wasn't the truth that Jesus wanted for their life. Can I hear a good amen? And so Jesus was trying to bring truth to their life. He was trying to bring, and if you looked at the Pharisees, to be honest, they were dressed really nice. They had their robes, right? They dressed well, they spoke well, but the truth is my church family, they weren't well. And you know what I found? Somebody once said this, the greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance. It's actually the illusion of knowledge. I want to say that again. The greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance. It's the illusion of knowledge. Parents, we know this, right? Do you ever tell your kids something? Oh, do that. And they're like, I know. I know. And I'm like, to know and not to do is not to know. Well, if I, 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 we can sit here and talk about how you knew it, but if you knew it, then why'd you do it? Man, I'm flowing today. I feel like I need a DJ in the back. Because that's what we do. It's our default. I know. 
And Jesus was saying, you think you know what truth is. You think that you know that actually I came to bring a religion to your life, but I did not come to give you a bunch of rules. I actually came to give you a relationship with my father that would empower you to live this Christian life. This is the truth that I'm trying to bring. But here's the reality, my church family. We can lie. This is why it's so dangerous. We can lie to ourselves, but you can't lie to God. You can't lie to God. He sees everything. Are you ready? It's kind of like Superman, right? Superman has that x-ray vision. With God, nothing is hidden. Nothing is concealed when he looks at your life. And here we are like. When God walked in the garden, he said, Adam, where are you? It wasn't because God didn't know. It's because he wanted them to be truthful, honest, right? And Jesus looks at these Pharisees and they're all dressed beautifully. And this is what he says, right? Here's our loving Jesus. Are you ready? Matthew chapter 23, verse 27. Woe to you teachers of the law, Pharisees, you hypocrites. This is Jesus, right? You are like whitewashed tombs, which you look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear, everybody say that, you appear, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. In other words, listen, Pharisees, you are not who you think you are. But if you accept the truth that I bring to you, I will make you into who I want you to be. And then you know what? You will live the life that I've called you to live. But they thought that this was the good way to lead. Why? Because they were deceived, right? You want people, Pharisees, to follow you because you appear to look good, but on the inside, you are really not well. Can I say it this way? It's like putting a Band-Aid. This is what they were doing. They were putting a band-aid over an infectious wound. You don't put a band-aid over an infectious wound. You know what you do? You get the infection out and you allow it to heal. But this is kind of what we can do in our lives. We put a band-aid over and the truth is my church family, we've got to heal from the inside out. And Jesus wanted them to acknowledge truth on the inward parts. Come on. Can I hear a good amen to somebody today? And here's the reality. This is why deception is so destructive. As long as you believe a lie, it can seem good, but you're never gonna get where you think you need to be. It's always, what the devil does is he always puts that carrot stick out in front of you and you're always running distracted. You're on a detour and the end is destruction. You know, that's what deception is, is believing a lie. And you know what? Jesus tells us that the devil is the father of all Lies. Listen to this, John chapter 8, verse 41. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. Everybody say that. Say no truth in him. I want to expose this today. When the devil speaks to you, there's always something hidden and there's always something concealed that you don't know about. That you don't know about. Always. With God, it's the opposite. Everything is revealed. Nothing is concealed. And he says, this is it. This is life. 
right? So watch this. There's no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. And here's why I want to end. I want you to listen to this, my church family. It says here, it says he was a murderer from the beginning. Let me ask you a question. Who did the devil kill? Did the devil kill Adam and Eve? Did he kill them? No, he didn't. You know what the devil did? The devil deceived them so they would destroy themselves. Ooh. I'll say that again. Did the devil kill Adam and Eve? No. You know what he did? He deceived them so they would destroy themselves. This is why deception is destruction. So God said, if you eat of the knowledge of good and evil, and I always talk about this because people are always like, well, if God was so loving, why didn't he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden? Why didn't he just not give us that choice? Because love always has a choice. God didn't want a bunch of robots or puppets. God wanted people that desired and chose to have a relationship with him. And God said, it was the day you eat of the knowledge. It's interesting. I always think about that word knowledge. We want to know. We want to know. We think we know. Oh, there's more knowledge over there. God never wanted man to know evil. God never wanted man to die a physical death. But you know what? He said, the day you eat that, you will surely die. And when they ate it, did they die physically right away? No, it almost looked like, God, you're not even telling the truth. No, but they did die spiritually. And my church family, eventually, they died physically. They died physically, right? And it was the deception that brought them to destruction. That's all the enemy can do. He can just lie to you. And then you have a choice whether you're going to believe that or, ready, you're going to respond to the truth. Now, I want to end here because I think this is, I know it's been a little, I prayed for you this week because this is not an easy message. This isn't like, hey, God, with God, all things are possible. Yeah, no. This is, if you don't respond to truth, God won't work in your life. It's the basis. I'm gonna tell you how he's gonna guide us to truth. I'm gonna tell you how he's gonna speak to us, all that. But at the end of the day, if you pick dare instead of truth, this is what happens in our life. And this is where a lot of people are today. But why does Jesus come to us, listen, and confront us with truth? It's not because he's trying to condemn us. His truth is redemption for our lives. His truth is, has a redeeming factor to our life. He's not trying to condemn us. He loves us so much that he tells us this is going to destroy your life. That's going to destroy your life, right? But are you going to reveal it so he can heal it? Or are you just going to conceal it and keep it, right? My church family, God wants to work in your life more than you want him to work in your life. Can I hear a good amen? But Jesus can't change who you pretend to be. He can't change who you pretend to be right? Pastor Phil, you know, last week you talked about how the Holy Spirit and he's our comforter. And I like that comfort stuff. Oh man, I love the comforter too. The Holy Spirit is the comforter, but he's also the spirit of truth. But here, are you ready? Before we experience comforting of the Holy Spirit, Jesus loves you enough to confront you with everything that is not truth in your life. And let me tell you, when you respond to truth, there's comfort. 
there's comfort in knowing that you can be healed. You know, Jesus not only healed people, he made people whole. That means not only did he clean them up from the inside out and heal them, they gave them he gave them a whole new life. This is what he does. But before we experience true healing in our lives, we need freedom from the infection of deception. Infection of deception. Because this is what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 32. This is what Jesus wants for your life. The devil wants destruction. Jesus said this. When you know the truth, the truth will what? Set you free. Come on, say freedom. This is the goal. You know, this word know is konosko in the Greek. It actually means this, an intimacy, an ongoing intimacy with God. And you say, Pastor Phil, knowing freedom, freedom from what? Freedom from putting energy into hiding and concealing. Are you ready? I want you to write this in the chat. Here's the great thing about God. You don't have to pretend to be in his presence. You don't have to be a pretender. You don't have to conceal. All you have to do is be willing to say, God, here I am. Here's my broken heart. Here's where I am. This is what I'm going through. And my church family, he will intervene in our lives. But you know what? We put a lot of energy into pretending we're someone we're not, that things are going good when they're not. And sometimes we call that faith. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about saying, God, I need your strength today or I'm going to kill somebody. I'm stressed out today, God. I need your help. Oh, is this too real today? God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Instead of saying, yeah, how are you, brother? I'm doing great. No, you're not. See, I don't tell you that I'm not doing great. I tell him that I'm not doing great because he's the one. You may not be able to do anything for me, but he is the one that can supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And I feel like God sometimes is on the precipice of waiting and wanting to bless people. But we're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Let's just see what happens. And we don't have time to waste. He wants to keep us free, my church family, from putting energy into hiding and pretending. But also he wants to keep you free from all the detours, from the distractions, from the delusion, and from the destruction. My church family, Jesus wants to keep us free from the confinement and the consequences of deception. And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes and I want to pray. It's to the degree of truth that you will be free to the degree that we allow truth in our life. Let me say it this way. Your degree of truth is consistent with your level of freedom. This is what God wants. And this is the reality to the level that you are true. You will be free and knowing truth and who is truth. It's knowing Jesus. And are you ready? Here's what Jesus said. He said, he, the spirit, spirit of truth is going to lead you and guide you into all truth, all truth, all truth. Every day we can live healed. We can live whole. We can live not hiding. We can live free, getting up in the morning, knowing that our, our sins are forgiven. Come on, that we are anointed by the spirit of God. Are you ready? And this is why the Bible says, we read this last week, Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom. My church family, I'm telling you, the Bible says 
whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to steal. I don't have to lie. Come on, somebody. I don't have to be addicted to a certain uh, substance. I am totally free. I don't have to look at the wrong things on my computer. I am totally free because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But where does freedom come from? Knowing the truth. And when we know truth, it will set you free. I'm going to pray. I want to say this. God knows everything about you, every detail, your DNA, and he loves you still the same. And he wants to work in our lives. And I'm going to tell you, I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is going to begin to move in this church like never before. That's his desire. But you know what he wants from his people? To say, God, I need you. I need you to work in this area. God, I have problems telling the truth. God, I'm addicted to drama. I know people who are. After they get done with one drama, they go right to the next. You need help. We all need help. But here's the goal, to be able to be free in Jesus' name. Come on, do you receive today's message? Come on, would you stand with me and let's pray. ready, my church family? Are you ready? I want to pray with you. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. And here's what I want to ask you. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit, if you'll open up your heart today. I want to say something that's biblical. There's a bunch of scriptures that back it up, but I'm not going to give you all, but a lot of times we're struggling in areas and we're struggling because of what we believe and we're believing the wrong thing and so we're on a detour we're distracted and today I just want you to be open to the Holy Spirit moving in your life and I'm wondering what areas is it hitting your life today what what are you really struggling with What, what, what what are you really struggling with today Because I want to tell you, if you believe the truth, you'll be free. God will set you free today. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, right now, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Come on, would you just lift your hands and just welcome the Holy Spirit? Just as a sign to, God, I'm not going to conceal anything anymore. I'm not going to hide anything. But here I am, Lord, in the areas of my life. Hey, Pastor Phil, I just, I can't seem to get a hold of my attitude and different things. Well, let's change your belief system because right believing always leads to right living. It always does. And sometimes our attitude is wrong because we we feel like we're taking on the weight of the world. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit comes into our life and the anointing comes to break yokes of bondage in our life. And I've got great news today. You're not alone. And you don't have to bear the weight of the world. You have Jesus on the inside of you. And oftentimes we're stressing about things because we're believing the wrong thing. And right now I want to lift you up. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray that as we open up our hearts to you today and reveal the things that are happening in our lives. Lord, the things that are hidden. Lord, I pray that right now your, your Holy Spirit 
would begin to move, would begin to heal, would begin to encourage, would begin to do the miraculous. Healing on the inside, healing in the inward parts. Lord, you work from the inside out. The Pharisees were trying to work from the outward in. They were trying to change and make sure their behavior was okay. But honestly, Lord, you work from the inside out. You said that, Lord, when we are a new creation in Christ, the, all the old has passed and the new has come. And Lord, right now, we open up our hearts to you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, heal people right now. Encourage people right now. Father, show people who they really are. Lord, I pray that the blinders would be taken off in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Father God. Nothing is hidden. Nothing is concealed under you, Lord. You know, I feel like the Holy Spirit right now is saying to some of you, you need to be honest about your fears. Your fears are controlling your life. And you need to say, God, you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And some of us need to be opened up and say, God, I've been fearful about this area of my life. I've been fear, And God, I want you to come in and I want you to strengthen my life today. Lord, I declare that fear will not have rule over your people in Jesus' name. But we will live in the freedom that you have. Thank you, Jesus. Just keep your head bowed for just a moment. Listen, if you're watching online today or you're here in person and you've never asked Jesus to come inside your heart, first we have to do is we have to be honest and say, you know what, I'm a sinner. Listen, we've all sinned. All of us have made mistakes. But here's the great news. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. He would be our sacrifice for our sin that you and I could be forgiven. That is the truth. We can be forgiven. And today, if we'll just say, God, I need you. I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I need you to come inside my heart. I've been living my life the way I've been living to my own knowledge. But today I want to acknowledge your truth and live in a freedom that I've never lived before. I want to pray with you. If that's you, just raise your hand today. I just want to know who I'm praying with. If you're online, I want you to pray this. Everybody today, those who are raising their hand, I don't want anybody to feel like they're alone. So say this with me. Repeat after me. Say, Father God. Say, Father God, forgive me of all of my sin. Jesus, come inside my heart today. Live in me. I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I will live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a good round of applause today. Listen, if you'll just take out your smartphone for just a moment, if you're watching online, text the word believe, the word believe to 951-382-5757. I want to follow up with you. We want to pray for you. My church family, did you learn something today? Let me see your hand, right? We're going to walk in God's truth. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.